I'm Heather. And I'm Carrie. And welcome to When Calls the Podcast. We are two sisters that love everything One Calls the Heart. And we will be recapping every episode starting with season one. Hey hearties, welcome to When Calls the Podcast, where we discuss everything When Calls the Heart. Hey Carrie. Hey Heather. How's it going? It is going well. How are things with you? Well, not too much has been happening besides breaking out with some hives. Oh, that sounds lovely. (laughs) It seems to be a tradition for me whenever I work outside. Sometime in the summer, I break out in hives. Get into something. Yeah, your skin is very sensitive. I don't know what my deal is with every weekend. I was sick last (laughs) week, and then I have hives this week. I I don't Mm, understand. Lovely. So, since it's been a slower past few days, you've been watching, listening, reading anything particular? Okay, so like normal, I've been watching lots of murder mysteries because those are my thing. So, which ones specifically do you like? What murder mysteries? So, this weekend, I've been watching Midsummer, which it's a British murder mystery show. And there's like over 20 seasons. Yeah, I know you've talked to me about those, but I have yet to sit down and watch them. I'm going to have to check check them out. I know the one, I haven't watched it recently, but I really enjoy, which is from the BBC, which I believe Midsummer Dreams is, um, is Father Brown. Oh, I love the Father Brown series. We love some good Father Brown. He's so great, and he's so funny. I love his sense of humor. Yeah, it's great. He has a really dry sense of humor. And I could just watch it all day. So what have you been watching? (laughs) Well, I go get on these kicks. So I have got on a YouTube kick of watching True Crimes. So we both, I guess, are on murder mystery things, I guess. So I had found this little, or this actually is a big YouTube channel. Anyways, um, I can't even think of the name of his channel now. But yeah, he just takes a story and kind of breaks it down in about 30 minutes or so. But... Yeah, I can only watch them or listen to them for so long before I get myself really paranoid and then I just have to stop because like too much, too much, especially I think when it's real life. Yeah. You know, it's kind of when you're watching a TV show like maybe Diagnosis Murder or like Columbo or some of these. They're not real life. They're not real life. But when you're reading or watching real life stories, then it starts to get a little bit... See, I can handle, I like listening to true crime podcasts Mm -hmm. as well, but I don't like listening to ones that are super up-to-date or relevant to today's date when they still haven't caught whoever did it. Yeah. That freaks me out. I love historical murders, though. Yeah, like historical true crimes. Oh, don't get me started on Lizzie Borden. I will be here (laughs) all day. The, The real question with Lizzie Borden is, did she really kill her parents? Oh, we're going down a major rabbit <laughs> hole with this one. I all I'm, the evidence to me points that she did, but I don't know. I'm still undecided. I am so passionate about this, but I am still undecided about whether I think she done it. Mm. Done it? <laughs> did it? Did it? <laughs> well, in the book you're reading, I believe right now is a, a murder mystery as well. So. Oh yes, uh, it's the <laughs> Hannah Swenson Murder She Baked book series, and those ones are by Joanna. Blue and those are great books as well. I'm on like 
book eight, I believe. And that's also a Hallmark tie-in, because they did... um, They did several movies based on those books, and I also hear that they're going to be making more movies on Hallmark. Oh, really? From that series? Okay. Yeah, those are really... I really enjoy those. They're really good. I'm excited. All right. Well, are you ready to dive in? I am. Okay. Let's get started. So we are on episode four, season one, Secrets and Lies. And where we last left off was Jack finding in Cat Montgomery's shed whale oil. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And he finds the whale oil and there's that dramatic moment and the scene cuts and this is where we pick up. Jack goes over and talks to Kat about the whale oil. And I, okay, so I just had to look up more about whale oil. Yeah, I'm curious about this. And I looked it up, and it said that it was used mainly from the 16th to the 19th century. Um, and it was used mainly for lamp oil and soap, like we discussed in last episode. Mm, wouldn't that really be a bad smell especially like if you're using it in your lamps in your home yeah i don't know i i I, it would so do you know exactly what i mean what it it, what is it i mean whale oil like i mean it's from a whale but whales so like they have oil in them well i (laughs) looked up the process and i don't want to repeat the process don't tell me it has it has it was a blubber is it blubber? Oh, yeah. From the whale. And I okay. looked into that, and I don't want to repeat the process because I might have been slightly traumatized. Yeah. I'm an animal lover. Do not, do not tell me. Don't tell me. I <laughs> so can't handle things just, like that. Let's just move on <laughs> okay. from there. He found whale oil in Cat Montgomery's shed. <laughs> oh, dear. The poor little whales. <laughs> Carrie's going to start going out. Save the whales! <laughs> I am so bad. If I hear a story of an animal suffering, like it eats me up inside. It's just awful. I cannot handle it. I'm the same way. I can't stop thinking about it, and I get so sad and depressed about it. It just <laughs> happened the other day to me, and I'm just like, oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I- I'm the same way. We're, we're huge animal lovers. Yes. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Cat uses the whale oil to make candles after her husband passed away to help bring in more money for her family and for the kids. And Jack starts casually questioning her about why she did not attend the vigil mm. for the men that died. Because that was the same time that the church burnt down. Yeah, and you would think, because her husband died as well, so it'd been like, why why wouldn't she have been there? And her kids went. Yeah, we found find out later that her kids went with Abigail. Yeah, but she didn't go, and her reasoning is that she said she preferred to grieve in private, mm-hmm. which I understand that. Not everyone wants to go and be part of some type of vigil or anything, yeah. but it was in her husband's and the minor's honor. Yeah, and then why wouldn't she go to be a support to her kids as mm-hmm. well? But yeah, a cat's character in this episode, I well, especially in the start of this episode, I feel like it. She just becomes suspicious right off the bat. I've always liked Cat, and I mm-hmm. I still trust her, and I don't think she did it, of course. But as viewers, you slowly become a little unclear of exactly what's going on with her. Yeah, because you definitely can sense that she's not being truthful mm-hmm. or not 
telling everything she's like leaving um leaving pieces of the story out yeah and you're like yeah. okay why there's why? more to the story and she's not sharing and jack can definitely tell that too yeah <clears throat> okay now we're going to the introduction of pockets <laughs> little albert the most adorable kid ever like he is so cute okay so little oh what's her name Emma? Ka- yeah emily. emily oh her eyes I are love... just so beautiful emily is so adorable so i would say probably between albert and emily are my mm-hmm. top two kids that i absolutely adore in season one yeah so his real name is albert so did they call him pockets just because he carries little trinkets in his pockets is that why yes okay. yes they i well i don't know if he exactly explains why but Elizabeth finds Albert being bullied by another one of her students. Yeah. And he's asking what Albert has in his pockets, and he's calling him Pockets. And so Albert pulls out of his pockets all sorts of different little treasures. And so we get to understand that's why he has his nickname, because he has a keen eye for finding little knickknacks and treasures. Yes. And we definitely see that maybe Albert has a little crush on Elizabeth. That's so cute because Elizabeth comes and she talks to the boy and makes him have to clean with the chalkboards, mm-hmm. I believe, after class for picking on Albert. And I can't exactly remember, but doesn't she say something to effect about him finding treasures? Yeah, she says... Or having a keen eye for treasures. Yeah, she says something to that effect. And so she goes and walks back to the school, and (laughs) he watches her, and it goes slow-mo as he watches her walking off in the distance, and he does this adorable little sigh, and you know he has the biggest crush on her. Yeah, so she gives him a really lovely smile, too, and I think that just melts. Well, how could it... How could you not fall in love with Elizabeth as a teacher? I want her. I wish I had her as a teacher growing up. I know. She sounds like so much fun, except for maybe the Latin classes. I don't know about those. (laughs) And so my question is, did you ever have a crush on any of your teachers? No. All my teachers... Well, I didn't have any male teachers okay. growing up, and we went, or I went, Heather did not, but I went to a private Christian school. It was a very small school, and yeah, I teach my teacher taught me from kindergarten, the same teacher from kindergarten to when I quit that school, which was like in fourth grade. Um, she actually just recently passed away from COVID, yeah. so it's really sad. Yeah. I had kept in contact with her ever since leaving in fourth grade. Yeah. I never had really too much of a teacher because I was homeschooled. I did have a tutor, but that was a lady. So I've never really had the whole teacher crush or anything. <laughs> but it's it's pretty adorable. It is. All right. We then have a scene with Kat and Elizabeth discussing Kat being under suspicion of arson by Jack. And then little Emily overhears this conversation. Yeah, and she goes and tells Gabe what she heard, that, you know, Jack is suspecting her mom of burning down the, the, the church, and Gabe is, yeah, you can tell he's very troubled, he's very upset, and Emily's yeah. like, I'm I'm afraid they're going to take my mommy away, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, it was so Emily. sweet, and she, yeah, she goes up to Gabe and asks, what's an arsonist, and he oh, yeah. says, 
it's someone that burns things and just her cute little innocence but they're definitely talking about a much deeper issue yeah i mean they're little kids they shouldn't have to be worrying about stuff like that or be dealing with that no but i thought the scene between emily and gabe was really sweet he had gave her this big brother hug and was just taking care of her which you actually don't see very much for gabe you can tell he's the older brother but you haven't really seen too many of these more tender emotional moments between him and his siblings yeah that's true it's more him on his own trying to deal with his own conflict yeah gowan and mr spurlock then come to see jack in the jail and ask him about his progress on the investigation of the church fire and Mr. Spurlock and Jack exchange words on how they could have crossed paths before. And I thought this was really interesting. Yeah. Because supposedly Mr. Spurlock was... Was a Mountie or training to be a Mountie? Training to be a Mountie or he never quite got there. Yeah. And he became a Pinkerton instead. And I've heard of Pinkertons, but not yeah. really What too are they much. really? So I looked into it, and Pinkerton, or the Pinkerton National Detective Agency, was founded in 1950 in Chicago, Illinois, by Alan Pinkerton. And the Pinkertons really worked with law enforcement, but they were also often hired for big businesses. So that's where a Pinkerton coming to work. But you said this was 1950? Oh, 1850. Oh, I thought you said. I was going to say, that's, that's way past the time of. <laughs> <laughs> I have in my notes 1950. My apologies. It was 1850. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> my, my, you should have stopped me sooner. <laughs> that's okay. I was just like, really? Well, that would have been long past the time of when calls like, the heart time period. i like, how is that even relevant, Heather? <laughs> anyway, moving on. So the Pinkertons were hired for big businesses to spy on unions as well. And they would act as guards and break up strikers. And so that's kind of how you can see where Pinkertons helping Mr. Gowan or being with the coal mining comes into play. Yeah, that makes sense. But, okay, this was really interesting. When I was looking into it further... The Pinkertons became so large in the United States that some states, including our home state, Ohio, outlawed Pinkertons. Really? They outlawed them because they were afraid that they would be hired to become a private army. Oh, okay. Well, Mm -hmm. I can get that, I guess. And so they were outlawed in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) So no Pinkertons here, which I'm not sure that that's still true today. Because Pinkertons still exist today. They do? They do. In what form? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, looked I mean, at... are they still called Pinkertons? Or is it like, has it taken on a different name? I think it's taken on a slightly different okay. name. But they have a website and everything. This is where I got all the information. Okay. So go check it out. I did not know that Pinkertons were still a thing. Yeah. Another really cool thing about Pinkertons which I guess really in Hope Valley, they're kind of frowned upon. But this information I found, I was I was quite excited and proud of. So Kate Warren, whoever, if you, any of you are familiar with her, I don't know if you would be or not. Kate Warren was hired to be a Pinkerton, and she was one of the very first woman detectives. 
in the United States. And I was reading that she was very good at being a master of disguise or like getting people to talk. Okay. So she would buddy up with criminals' wives and get information (laughs) and catch the bad guy. And she even disguised herself as a fortune teller one time to get information. That's brilliant. It's so great. And then she also helped stop an assassination plot to kill President Lincoln. Really? Uh-huh. I did not know that. Yes. Okay, we need to learn more about this Kate Warren. Do you know who needs to do a podcast on this? History Chicks! If you guys have not listened to the podcast of History Chicks, I highly recommend you check them out. They take women from history and do deep dives into their lives, and they have so many episodes on so many amazing women. They really need to do yes, an episode ch- on her. History Chicks, I beg you, please do Kate <laughs> Warren. She would be so interesting. She would be, man. So anyways, Gabe burst into the jail, coming right at Jack, accusing Jack. Blaming him that he's going to arrest his mother. Yeah. And that... Jack thinks that Kat's an arsonist. And, you know, this is right in front of Gowan and Spurlock, which is not the greatest thing because then Gowan just tells Jack, you know, you need to lock her up. You know, he goes into all this stuff. And I feel so bad for Gabe, though, because you can just tell he's, like, trying to protect his family. He's trying to protect his mom. He's scared. Mm -hmm. And, ugh. Yeah, he just unfortunately had very bad timing. Gay, <laughs> oh, why do you accuse your mother or go talk to Jack? Right in front of Gowan and right Spurlock. Right in front of Gowan and yeah. Spurlock. He had slightly bad timing. And then he tells Jack that he's going to fight him. Yeah, he's like, if you try to take her from us, I swear to God, I will fight you. Oh, we know how that was going to turn out. I know, right? But he was trying, I think he was trying to be a man, you know, take that place of his dad. Mm -hmm. His dad's not there, so he kind of feels this obligation that he has to be the man in the family and he has to protect his mom and his sister and his younger brother. So I can kind of understand. And we already know from previous episodes that Gabe has really struggled with the death of his father. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, those are some good points. I was just... I was just like, oh, honey, if you try to fight him, Jack's going to take you down. But now that you say that, that definitely gives a better perspective of what he's going through and what he's trying to do. All right. So then we go to Elizabeth is in school and she finds on her desk a wooden carved bird. And that is some good carving. I know. It's so cute. It's adorable. So she picks it up and I love how the camera goes to Albert and he's just just working on his project or his school acting like he knows nothing <laughs> that's going on. And it was so cute. And she puts it in her little caddy type, caddy thing. type yeah. thing. And this is when Jack comes in. And yeah, he wants to question Cat's children and Elizabeth is not happy with this. She's like, you know, these kids have been through enough. How can you even think that Cat could do this? Yeah, she's not happy with him at all. They were starting to get on good terms and now it's just going out of control once again. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jax talks Elizabeth into letting him interview the children, which he reasons with her that the only way that he can clear Kat is if he talks to the children and tries to figure out where she was that night. And so Jack interviews each one of Kat's children. 
and Gabe has great aminosity towards Jack during the interview. That's very, very clear. But can I just say how cute Emily is with Jack? And Jack's so sweet with her. Like, she's sitting there with those great big eyes. Oh, man. Jack makes a little, some little smiles here and there. She's just precious. Oh, this scene gets my heart every time. Because I love how he just phrases everything. Mm -hmm. He asks her, I'm trying to figure something out. Can you help me? And it's just so cute. He has a great way of interacting with children and asking them questions. And, oh, this scene is just adorable. He was definitely able to get on her level. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So Jack asks if she knows where her mother went or where Kat went that night. And she says she didn't know, but that cat did not come home until the next morning. And Jack was confused by this because from the other boys, they said that she got home later that night. Well, I believe Kat had even told that to Jack as well. Yeah. So then that really raises a suspicion with Jack because he's wondering why would Kat be lying to me mm-hmm. there's something definitely going on here because she she has lied yeah and he asked Emily are you sure and she nods her head she's like even the rooster was crowing <laughs> <laughs> when mommy crawled in bed and the sun was shining too and so Jack definitely knows that Kat is hiding something so Jack decides to go talk to Kat and question her, interrogate her some more um, about what really what really happened that night and where she was at and all this, and proceeds to arrest her. He was really wanting to talk to her and have her answer questions, but Gabe was right there, the yeah. kids were right there. She had Elizabeth take the other two inside, but I think Kat was just really uncomfortable answering these questions in front of Gabe. Yeah. So Jack takes cat away and gabe just goes in full anger he like he comes unglued he comes unglued he pulls at cat trying to get her away from jack and jack's not happy and so cat's trying to calm him down and telling gabe that he needs to be the grown-up yeah and if this is a, such a hard scene because he has so much emotion. He's crying. And, I know. And it really does break your heart. It's so he just, hard. He's already lost his father, and that's been hard enough. So his mom has been his stable person, and now something's happening to her. I, I can't imagine. That would be so hard. And he can't. he's trying to control it, but he can't do anything no, about he this. Can't. So Jack you know, takes her to the jail, locks her up. And evidently, she has told something to Jack. Mm-hmm. And he is going to leave town to go verify her story. We don't quite know what the story is, but there's something that Jack Fine. believes is somewhat, re- I mean, reliable. Or something that she said that, you know, she wasn't just making up another story that he's going to go verify. And she tells something really interesting to him. Jack says that he's going to have one of the Pinkertons mm-hmm. wash the jail. Yeah. And she gets... Very, like, which one? She gets very worried and concerned, and, yeah, she asks, which one? And Jax asks, is there a reason yeah. why? And she doesn't say very much. Mm-mm. So what's this that Kat is concerned about a Pinkerton being in the jail? Yeah. And Elizabeth, in the meantime, is in charge of watching the kids. And, oh, bless her heart, she tries to make biscuits again. Oh, my goodness. Her cooking. And then what was she making? Was it chicken? What was in the pan? I don't know. 
know. It was black. It was I couldn't black. tell if it was pot roast or chicken <laughs> or I don't know. But which one would you rather eat? Elizabeth's charred biscuits that make sound or the charred, charred meat? meat? I would say the charred meat. The yeah. biscuits, I mean, I, I guess either one would be hard to chew. I think I'd break a tooth on those biscuits, honestly. <laughs> Emily banged them on the table, and they made quite the sound. <laughs> uh, she still hasn't mastered her culinary expertise no, yet. she has definitely has not. So Elizabeth, then I believe it's the next day, takes the children to the mercantile to get some candy and some treats, and I believe they're going to take some to Kat yeah. as well, which was really, really sweet. sweet. And little Emily tells Ned that Mountie Jack thinks our mommy burnt down the church, but we know she, she didn't. didn't. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> the honesty of little kids. It's, I know. It's adorable. And then the town women come in, which is Dottie, and I'm not sure yeah, who the other who one the other was. was. Yeah. And uh, gossips. Uh, I really despise town gossips. Really, I do. I know. They are only a few, like, feet away from Elizabeth and the other kids, and they start talking about, oh, how could Kat do this? We've said in her Sunday school all these days and weeks and months. And what the sad part is, Gabe is standing there and overhears it all. And he gives them the stink eye. <laughs> I, I would have done the same thing. I would have just stared, sat, stood there, and just gave them the awfulest look. I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just, like, glared hard at them. I would have done the same thing because like, I'm how like... how dare you? Like, how dare you? Because you just know that's going to make them feel so uncomfortable. So guilty. And so guilty. So I would have done the same thing. Go A little you. passive-aggressive. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so this next scene, oh man, this one really tears up my heart too. He runs to the jail and he confronts Kat. And oh yeah. In this moment, he, I believe Gabe is so confused mm -hmm. in what he believes. Now he is accusing Kat. Yep. Of burning down the church. He says, did you burn down that church? And she said, Gabriel, no. And he says, why are you lying to me? Yeah. It's really sad because you can really see that Kat is withholding information because she's, I believe, trying to protect Gabe. But on the other hand, you know, her by her not being honest and truthful is really causing a lot of problems. It's, and it's yeah. really hurting her, her kids. Oh, this next scene tugs at my teacher's heart. <laughs> oh, my so, meanwhile, at the school, or maybe it was even later the next day, little Albert is dressed in his Sunday best with even a little bow tie. So cute. <laughs> so cute. And his ears stick out. I know. It's so adorable. So precious. And he gives Elizabeth another present. And in his pocket, or was it his coat, he pulled out a necklace. Yes. And this does not look like any cheap necklace. Not and... little any trinket <laughs> that he found. It's a nice necklace. It is. And he tells her that he's giving this to her because she used to be rich. <laughs> it was so, so cute. And I love what Elizabeth says. Uh, she tells Pockets or Albert that 
Girls don't care if a gift is fancy. We care about gifts that come from the heart. Oh, I love that. I like that too because it's so true, honestly. It, is. it could be like a little stone that they found, but they they thought of you when they picked it up and they gave it to you. So it doesn't have to be fancy. And so Elizabeth asks where he got this necklace because she says she can't accept it because it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. And he says he found it. Was it in the pond? It was like in the creek, I believe, is where he said he found it. So I don't know if it was just like laying in the in the water. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he also said that Mr. Spurlock lost it and that he would give if albert found it he would give him a new was a pocket knife something like that if he found it so <laughs> albert wasn't completely honest but he, didn't, <laughs> he wanted to give that necklace to his teacher he didn't care about no pocket knife no. so elizabeth did take the necklace and said that she would give it back to mr spurlock and then she kisses him on the forehead so sweet <laughs> And the look on his face, he's just completely yeah, he just melts. He just he's melts. He's just like in a daze, and he just slowly turns and walks out of the school. <laughs> adorable. Adorable. Kid crushes are honestly the most They're cutest so thing. They're so cute. Next, we have Reverend Anderson coming to Kat's house to check on the children. I believe. Yeah, I found that a little strange. After all the accusations he's made towards Kat, he all of a sudden shows up and is like concerned about the children. I know. I'm so conflicted on this because he is the one that planted in Jack's mind or claims that Kat burnt down the church. Yeah. And now he's so concerned about the children while she's behind bars. I don't buy it. I love what Emily, she looks up at him and she says, have you been praying for us, sir? Oh, like a punch in the heart. I I, if he hadn't been praying for them already, he says he has been. But if he hadn't, he better have just sent up one of those quick prayers like, Lord, be with these children. <laughs> After the look that she gives him, it's just so, so pitiful. <laughs> how, can you, how can you lie to a child or say, no, I haven't been praying for you? It's sad to say you've been praying for them. Meanwhile, Elizabeth is breaking up a fight upstairs, and Gabe is stealing or has one of, I can't even remember what the middle boy's, Miles. Miles, that's okay. right. I couldn't remember what his name I was. I can never remember Miles' name. So Gabe's trying to take away Miles' teddy bear, and so Elizabeth has to break up the fight, and while this is all going on, Emily comes in holding Mr. Spurlock's necklace. Yeah. And she says, what are you doing with mommy's necklace? And I'm pretty sure like a big red flag popped up for Elizabeth. Or either that or she's just really confused. Yeah. And she's like, your mom's necklace? You mean Mr. Spurlock's necklace? And she says, no, this is mommy's necklace. And Emily goes on to say that a man that wanted to marry mommy gave her this necklace. Yes. And, and we later find out that man is Mr. Mr. Spurlock. Dun-dun-dun. What do you think of Mr. Spurlock? Um, I don't like him. You know? <laughs> well, no, I wasn't expecting you to say you liked him, but what does, what type of vibe does he give off to you? 
really sneaky, I guess. Yeah. Well, one is okay if you if you look at the time span. How, I mean, are we still thinking that the mining accident happened within like the past six to eight weeks? He's already jumping on the bandwagon, trying to win over cat. So, okay, I was thinking about this, and I had the exact same thought. I'm like, that he's moving real quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost wondering if he had an eye for Kat while she was still even married. That could be. I don't yeah. know. But, I mean, if you think about times were definitely different back then, and women needed, I mean, they needed a husband to provide for the family. Mm-hmm. So... I think the turnaround rate of women getting married was way faster than it is today. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I don't trust Mr. Spurlock. He just... Well, he's working for Gowan, so that's just yeah, enough. Yeah, and he just seems arrogant and self-centered and macho man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Elizabeth then goes to see Kat at the jail, and this is when the entire secret unveiled. Yes, so we find out that her husband was really into gambling, and he owed a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. so the night of the vigil, she went to pay off a fine fine to one of the, I forget what she called them. Or a debt. Yeah, like a debt to one of the... Card sharks. Card sharks. Yeah, there we go. And so that's that's where she was at. She was, and she had worked really hard, saving up money from I think maybe his pension, and then plus making candles to pay mm-hmm. off this debt. Yeah, and where Mister Spurlock comes in is that Mister Spurlock used to be in the same circle or gambling circle as Cat's husband, and he knew about the card shark that Cat owed him money from her husband, and he said that he would take care of all her fines if, if she was friendly, friendly with, with him, him. Oh, oh. Lord. and so she said she was so angry because he was giving her the necklace she just threw it at him and like went away which i don't blame her but ugh, so they must have been by the creek thing she threw it at him and i'm guessing it went in the water mm-hmm. and he couldn't find it and that's how many pockets found it oh so i wonder was pockets like soon after she threw the necklace at him Mm-hmm. Like came along and found it, or was it later on? And Spurlock was just at the pond looking for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't be. know. Yeah, but I don't know either. Interesting. I I liked what she said too. That the reason she was not honest was she did not want her children's memories of their father to be negatively affected. So yeah. if they found out their father was really into gambling and it had all this debt, like they, she didn't want that to be their memory of their father. So she was really doing it to protect her children. Yeah. Back to the Reverend Anderson. This this character has to be the most... One moment, I can't stand him or I'm groaning over what he's doing or closing my eyes and so embarrassed. And the next moment, I'm like, yes, you go. Yeah. So the reason for this is he goes to Gowan and says that he quit. Yes. Working for him that he does not work for Gowan anymore. And Gowan is very unpleased. So Gowan, yeah, is really upset that, you know, he's leaving and Gowan says, you know, what are you going to do from here? You're not going to have a, basically, you're not going to have a job, anything like that. And I like the quote. He says, 
uh, which is where God guides, God provides. I had that I down that. in my notes too. And then he walks out and I, and I had to say bravo to our dear reverend. Yeah, he definitely has stepped up and done what is right, which we've mm-hmm. been urging him to do from the very beginning. Yeah. It's like, get some guts and stand up to Gowan, you know, be a real you know be a pastor and and don't have somebody be um dictating what you you should be doing like seeing it for what you believe is right yeah so then elizabeth goes to see mr spurlock and my question is why did she decide to go alone i i don't know i mean i guess she did not really feel that he was i guess a threat and we find out that he is (laughs) but yeah because he Kat told her the story about he was making a very inappropriate advances to Kat. I would feel a little unsafe around the man. Yeah, but I guess we don't know what he's really capable of until this scene and and basically how he has set Kat up. That's true. And she just, Elizabeth Medus might think it's more of a fancy for Kat. And she was trying to do the right thing and return him his necklace, which honestly she wouldn't have had to because he's not going to get it anyway. <laughs> not where he's going. <laughs> uh, so she gives Mr. Spurlock the necklace and as she's walking away, she notices something over by, was it his shed, I believe? Yeah. Well, there was can- a bunch of candles there. So do you think they were Cat's candles? I that think he maybe so. Had bought or something? He must have bought Cat's candles. And then on the ground, it was like a big burnt spot. And Elizabeth kneels down and smells, like smells some of the soot. And immediately she knows it's whale oil. Mm-hmm. And this is when the tide turns. Yeah. She, drama. Drama. Suddenly, Mr. Spurlock has his gun and cocks it, or was it his pistol? Something. And he cocks it right at her, and she screams as she turns. And, and who comes riding up? Jack. <laughs> but I'm also wondering, sure, he framed Cat, mm-hmm. but wouldn't he be charged with a whole lot more if he shot Elizabeth and killed her? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if he was. Do you think he was really gonna kill her though? Do you think it was he's just probably more of just a trying to scare her? I don't possibly. know if he's actually a murderer. Like, I kind of wonder if it was just don't you say say anything, a threat, say anything to anybody. Yeah, man. Though, can you imagine that scenario though of Elizabeth having to keep her mouth shut and having that scenario play out through the show? Ugh. That terrible like little blackmailer. <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting plot twist for the show, but it doesn't go in that direction. So we find that he, so he burnt the whale oil can and then planted it at the church. So Mm -hmm. it looked like, you know, the whale oil cat had put the whale oil there and caused the fire. But really he had took one of her whale oil cans and burned it to make it look like, you know, it was part of the fire when it really wasn't. And he did it just because he was upset with her because she didn't have a fling with him. And do we find out, I think maybe towards... Um, in the next scene or so, that it is ruled that the church was burnt down accidentally. Yeah, they say when the, I think it was a, in the woods when they were having a church service that they, Jack concluded that it was an accident. Yeah. And so it was no one's fault. It's just kind of like, it is a coincidence how it, you know, they've had this terrible mind disaster and then the night of the vigil, just how everything happened, you would... I mean, I could get why people were maybe a little suspicious that maybe somebody had set it on fire, but thank goodness we find out it was just an accident. 
So Jack, after Jack swoops in and knocks out Spurlock, this is a great damsel in distress <laughs> moment. I like myself a good damsel in distress moment. Do you? I'm okay. I am honestly conflicted because part of me is, girl, woman, you don't need a man. <laughs> and then the other part of me is like, oh, he's rescuing her. How adorable is that? I'm a walking contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> This is where my hopeless romantic side comes in, I guess. So, Kat is finally reunited with her family. Yes, Jack releases her and she can go home. Oh, we love happy endings, don't yes. we? Yes. <laughs> and this next scene, ah, it's it's a really good scene. During the church service, Reverend Anderson comes and he apologizes to Kat for accusing her. Of burning down the church. And not only to Kat, but he apologizes to the entire congregation for not being the pastor and the leader that they needed during this time of grief. Yeah, like I said, I've been so conflicted about him, but at this moment, I'm really starting to like He's really stepping up and doing what's right, so I have to admire that. His character is definitely a lot better than where we started, his character development. And I love at the end cat says you know pastor we haven't heard you preach for a while would you preach the sermon and i'm like oh what a great example of her giving him grace Mm -hmm. and you could just see like how much that meant to him yeah didn't he say it would be my joy or my pleasure or my deepest joy and oh yes yes such a great great scene yeah and then we move on to the last scene, the boat scene. The picnic in the, the boat. The picnic in the boat. I would like a picnic in the boat. I know. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? I, I would really like a picnic in a boat right about now. <laughs> <laughs> so Elizabeth provides a picnic for Jack, and she serves him roast beef. Roast beef sandwiches. Roast beef sandwiches, which I'm guessing she just purchased the meat and <laughs> the bread because she's not the greatest cook. It wasn't like it was fried chicken or anything like that that she could have burned. No, she didn't <laughs> test her culinary skills to the max which thank goodness for jack's stomach i guess uh or i guess jack's stomach appreciated that um and she does this as a thank you for rescuing her from mr spurlock yes and as they're setting in the boat they have a guest yeah they do they have a little spider guest it is not no little spider that thing was huge i'm like is that that is a big spider. It looked like a tarantula. Well, maybe not quite that big, but it was really big. Oh. I mean, I some people can't handle spiders. I Spiders don't bother me. I mean, if it was a huge tarantula, then I'd freak out, but I'm not too squeamish. The, only, the thing I don't like are snakes. That's oh. what I don't like. Oh. But that, I would probably get a little freaked out because that thing was pretty big. And it was right on her. It was. So she flings herself into Jack's arms. <laughs> And this, I don't understand. He takes the spider off of her and he puts it back in the boat. Well, maybe he didn't want it to drown. <laughs> I know, but it's a spider. <laughs> we love animals, but spiders, I, I just, uh, like, they're okay, but. Uh. And then she's like, I probably shouldn't make a habit of this. <laughs> oh, you know they're going to make a habit of this. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Should we talk about Jack taking a bite of his sandwich and smirking? No, I didn't. I guess I didn't catch that part. Okay. Uh, she says after, we better not make a habit of that. Mm-hmm. Jack takes a bite of his sandwich and he just smirks. <laughs> so it. do you think this scene is one of their first 
non-official dates? I, I'm going to call it a non-official date. I'm, I'm going to. It was to. pretty romantic. I mean, they're in this boat, out on the pond, having a picnic. Also, when, what point do you think that they're finally, they're finally actually interested in each other? They're no longer frenemies. I don't know, because like, it still feels like it's kind of going back and forth right now. Like, mm-hmm. one minute they are okay with each other, and there's, like, a few sparks flying, and then the next minute they're angry with each other or ticked off, you know, so. Yeah, I don't know, but they're on the uphill right now. They are. All right. Up, up, up. Up, up we go. All right, so that was our episode today. Are you ready, Carrie, for our highs and lows? Yes. What are your highs and lows, Carrie? So my high would be, I really liked how the issue with the pastor has been resolved and that, you know, he finally stood up to Gowan and then the scene which we just talked about where Kat invites him to preach the sermon. I just, I love that. Yeah, it makes me feel so much better about him now. (laughs) And my low, I guess, would just be like the scenes with Gabe and his mom like when she's being arrested I just I feel so bad for Gabe because I can just really empathize with where he's at and how scared he must be and how he's so afraid of losing another parent so that that would be my low and made me feel really sad so what are yours Heather so my high would be my high is when the reverend quits working for Mr. Gowan and he stands up for himself and for what he believes in and there's a new turn to his character and the direction he is going. So both of our highs were with the pastor. I know, and surprisingly. I thought, I thought it was going to be original saying that, oh, my high is the, the pastor. I thought one of us was going to say, oh. Cat the high, getting out of jail. Yeah, cat getting out of jail or cat being reunited with her family. Uh, so I guess we're both on the same track for this one. And my low, I, ugh, Mr. Spurlock. Yeah. Scum. Yeah, he's definitely a scumbag, that's for sure. We don't ever, do we ever see him again? Nope. No, he's He's gone. probably in Medicine Hat Prison, <laughs> shackled to a wall. I hope so. Uh, well, he probably wouldn't be in prison terribly well, long, I would imagine. He wasn't charged, probably wouldn't just, be charged far too much. It was just an attempted, Yeah, I don't know. To set somebody up. So he probably would just kind of get a slap on the wrist, to be honest. Yeah. We do hear Mr. Spurlock's name come back. Do we? Season 8. Really? We don't know how he's connected, but there's another Mr. Spurlock <gasps> in season right, 8. because Bill mentions him, doesn't he? I wonder if he's a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a cousin or something. Maybe he comes back. Oh, please. He'd be out no. of jail by that time. I don't want him. <laughs> so, what is your hearty rating, Heather? Okay, so my hearty rating my hearty rating this week is a seven okay almost an eight okay i really did like this episode with all the drama and just it concluding with figuring out what was going on with cat and everything but i'm i want to hold on to my hearts <laughs> I save my heart. You don't want it to give it too high of rating. I, yeah, I have to be somewhat critical and save my higher hearts 
for that special episode. for that special episode a wedding episode possibly <laughs> maybe <laughs> no when it, everything gets sad oh yeah you love sappy sad I, stories I, I, i'm addicted to sad things i don't know why anyway <laughs> kiri what's your hearty rating so i probably will give this a six. Oh. I don't quite know why. I just could not connect to this episode very well. I don't know if it was just because I was really tired, but I just was not feeling it. And I don't know. I don't know if I just couldn't follow the storyline close enough, if I was confused. I don't know what it was, but it just wasn't one of my favorites. Yeah. I don't know why. It just wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. Most everyone has an episode that they... I mean, the six is, you know, still halfway decent. It's just probably the lowest score I've gave so far. I wonder what's going to be our lowest episode. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, maybe. The we... tragic future of oh, a no. no person. Spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Zero. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you all for listening. And we will be dropping a new episode next Friday. Bye, guys. Bye, hearties. You can follow us on Twitter at WCTH Podcast and on Instagram at When Calls the Podcast, or you can drop us an email at When Calls the Pod at gmail.com. And until then, may you face every obstacle with courage, grace, and dignity. Bye.